It's a new day and opportunity is in the air. This is Philip with Soul Insights and you are tuned in to Good Morning Market, where everyday businesses are empowered to lead their market with the latest in market news, insights, and strategy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another week of Good Morning Market. I hope that your business is doing well. Uh, business is starting to cook for me. It's great. It's baseball season. Um, school's going well with the kids. I mean, life is good. We're blessed. And I hope that you yourself are able to identify your target audience to be able to understand the best way to build value for them and focus on your Goldilocks customer and then uh, go to market and uh, learn and try things and fail and swing and miss. And then you know what? You're going to keep on hitting some home runs because if you are data driven, you can better learn from those mistakes and be able to find your path to success with your particular customer that much more efficiently, the less painful lay if you are to take that approach. So that's exactly what we're talking about on Good Morning Market. Don't forget, I would love to um, get your input on guests for Good Morning Market. Please DM me through email, philipsoulinsights.com or via LinkedIn. But today we're talking with Bear Cognition. It's a um, up and coming strong data intelligence a company. Uh, we're talking with two gentlemen actually from that team, the director of marketing, Ian, and also the principal consultant, Mitch. We're going to talk about, okay, we always talk data, data, data on this podcast, but then how do we actually um, be able to harness and wield that in an efficient way that doesn't break the bank for where we are as everyday businesses? That's exactly what we're getting into with today's episode. But first, let's talk about what happened in the Savannah metro area and Q4 of 2022, I'm talking about the market roundup. So you all know I love the work of Georgia Southern University and what they're doing at the Coastal Economic uh, Coastal Empire Economic Monitor. In fact, kickoff to season three, got to talk with Dr. Toma himself. We have a new report that's coming out to us, and um, it's it's available. There's been some articles written about it. I'm going to read you all just the lead-in to wrapping up Q4 for the Coastal Empire uh, regional economy. Uh, the headline is Trajectory of Slowing Regional Growth Continues. Let's read some little tidbits from that article. The Savannah Metro economy's path of slowing growth continued for the fifth consecutive quarter. At the close of 2022, total employment growth slowed and port activity was off modestly from the previous quarter. Electricity sales, a broad indicator of industrial, commercial, and residential activity, reversed direction from the previous quarter, growing at a healthy rate. Tourism activity and retail sales mostly treaded water in the final quarter of the year. The business forecasting index fell for the third consecutive quarter, sending a stronger signal about potential weakness in the Savannah metro economy in 2023. The leading indicators from the regional housing and labor markets have exhibited more volatility and have generally been weaker in recent quarters. In general, the labor market remains tight, but somewhat softer as the year ended as compared to early 2022. Prospects for 2023, however, remain relatively healthy because of continued growth in the regional logistics industry and its associated real estate development, further ramping up for the, the Hyundai Meta plant opening in 2025 will become more apparent in 2023. These factors are expected to insulate the Savannah metro area from the widely forecasted nationwide recession in 2023. Ladies and gentlemen, that is your market roundup for the week. Data, data, data. How am I supposed to make bricks without straw? 
Sherlock Holmes said that once upon a time. And we all know we need data. We all know that we want to be data driven. But here's the problem. We don't have a lack of data. We've got too much. We need a better way to get the right data and then turn it into insights. Well, that's exactly why I'm bringing on today's two guests. Uh, they are both from Bear Cognition. So Bear Cognition, what the heck is that? It's a data intelligence firm. Uh, they provide specialty systems, tools, and services uh, involving advanced data connections and collection, gap analytics, a bunch of fancy stuff, optimizing technology. Here's the mission, though. Bottom line, Bear Cognition is about to simplifying the incre increasingly complex world of data and analytics. Their goal is to help understand what has happened, what's likely to happen, and then what action to take to achieve your goals. So joining me today on Good Morning Market from Bear Cognition are Ian uh shankle did i get it right ian that's perfect ian shankle shankle all right ian shankle the director of marketing and brand management and then we also have mitch balastero did i get it right yeah. all right Close enough perfect all right so i i'm not as good with those italian names but they're beautiful once you actually know how to pronounce them he's the principal <laughs> consultant and the head of digital marketing analytics for the product team uh ian and mitch thank you all for joining good morning market today how you doing yeah. Yeah, the pleasure belongs to us. How are you, Philip? I am uh, a little under the weather, but I'm making a comeback. I've got my, you know, my I, my immune system boost, and so we're gonna power through it. But the cool thing is, is hopefully I'll do a lot of asking questions and then letting y'all drop knowledge bombs on me rather than me rambling. So that's the plan. And they'll just now. heal you up immediately, right? The knowledge bombs are gonna make you feel immensely better. Knowledge is power. Hopefully, it is also an immune system boost. So let me ask yeah. y'all this. Uh, we were talking golf earlier. You know, some kids want to be a police officer when they grow up. Uh, some kids, you know, I don't know, they just want to be rich. They're not sure how they're going to do it. Some people want to be a doctor like Doc McStuffins. Um, when, when, when you're telling your own story, did, did young Ian and young Mitch want to be a data nerd? And, and if <laughs> not, how did you end up where you are right now? You know, no, I, I don't think that I grew up wanting to be a data nerd, Philip. I Ultimately, I you know, went to school studying economics and finance, and I've always been a big numbers and stats guy. Um, what I liked about data analytics is it took a way more personable approach to helping companies become more efficient. And so I think that's why ultimately I got an opportunity to join the data analytics industry and I've you know, never really looked back. How about you, yeah. Mitch? Yeah, it's kind of similar. Um, similar background with regards to what I studied. Um, in college, you know, finance, finance, business admin, all that. But, you know, with the world that we find ourselves in now, um, you know, just watching TV, you see all this stuff about, you know, AI and you know, streamlining processes. And it's just, data is uh, the new oil, I'd say. So people are finding all kinds of ways to monetize it and, you know, deploy custom solutions, and there's there's a lot of of money to be made in this space, and it's it's pretty much where you need to be right now. And so, insights to be had. Kind of a no brainer. So you mentioned that, Mitch. Uh, did you watch uh, that uh, speech by Kevin O'Leary uh, that he did with uh, the Montana government? And he because he, he basically said that exact same thing. He he said uh, he was investing. He was one of the billionaires investing in this these new uh data warehouses uh one of them was in atlanta and uh, in Mo montana and they were doing like a joint press conference but he basically said data is the new oil you know 100 years ago you would go wherever you could find the black gold now yeah. it's data and so that's why he a billionaire was dropping big time money 
to go invest in building data centers. Um, so yeah, right on the money yeah. with that. Absolutely. So let's just jump right into it. And either one of y'all could take this question and we could just kind of ad lib as, as we're going back and forth because these are some very powerful, consequential um, conversations that we're having these days. I'm having them with my clients. I think more and more businesses of every size from the startup to a business that's been around for 50 years, they're all asking the same questions. I interviewed uh, an Inc. 5000 um, company last year, uh, BioLite, really, really popular, successful, fast-growing food and beverage company. And now I asked her a question towards the end. like, what would you ask a CEO two or three years in the future from where you want to be? She said, basically, what kind of data do you look at? Should I be looking at to take my company where it needs to go? So it's a big pressing problem that I think that for those businesses that are really serious about scaling and, and being the most effective possible, we're all asking it, but it, it, it's frankly overwhelming. So let's just talk about what's going on right now before we get into what y'all do. Can, can, mm -hmm. can either of y'all paint the picture when it comes to just the volume of relevant information, the, the number of data systems that an average business has in front of them here and now in 2023? Yeah, Philip, it's, it's, I mean, it's a mess. Even for a smaller company that has a somewhat limited sales cycle, a product-based direct-to-consumer company that has a one-stop sales cycle, the, mm -hmm. the volume of data they're going to organically collect just from all the different softwares that they're utilizing is going to be immense. And I think a you know good segue into that conversation too is not like what's going to be the volume of the information, but then how do we clean that up? What's How do we tread through the data that's not going to be all that prudent and just find the key, you know, the key indicators are going to make a difference uh, in them growing that business. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, go ahead, Mitch, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's, you know, regardless of the size of, of any firm or regardless of what industry they're in, they are managing a robust amount of data, whether they realize it or not. So I think our mission in simplifying you know, the increasingly complex world of analytics is to not only get them to realize that having segmented data in various silos, it just, it grows stale, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's accounting data, HR, inventory, sales, it doesn't matter. Um, unless you're aggregating that data in a meaningful way, um, it's kind of all for nothing. And so, the first part of of what we do is is getting people to realize that there is a lot to learn mm -hmm. from historical data, current data. It's all being organically collected. It's just a matter of weaponizing it. Right. So just to summarize and distill y'all's point, and I think that most people kind of realize this, but y'all get y'all look at a bunch of different businesses and what their systems and reports look like is they have, you know, um, perhaps terabytes each, even like an average small business could be dealing with an excess of a terabyte's mm -hmm. worth of volume. But like you said, everything's sitting in this silo. Here's QuickBooks, here's the accounting. It doesn't touch or get to talk to sales, yep. doesn't get to touch, get, doesn't get to talk to e-commerce, doesn't get to touch or talk to uh, social media and then so on and so forth, web analytics. So even a small sub, sub million dollar organization could be dealing with an excess of a terabyte worth of data through five plus silos of systems and they're sitting on gold, but because once again, how do you even start to 
parse that 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 uh, mess of a garage in order mm -hmm. to organize it, clean it, so you can actually start to use what is already under your nose. Correct. So, what kind of a business would want to spend precious time and money tracking more data than like the basics? So, here's the thing: like, I don't want to be hyperbolic and say anybody listening to my voice, myself, you know, some mom and pop <laughs> shop, they're all looking at data. We're all we're all talking to like is tax time. We're all talking to our CPAs. We're yep. all seeing we're all seeing money in money out. I mean, any business that's actually going to remain in business knows the language of accounting. So yeah. we're all data driven. But there's certain businesses that have to make the decision: Am I, I going to go beyond accounting? Am I going to go beyond maybe the basic stuff within Google Analytics? What kind of a business is the kind of business who should want to do that or would want to do more than than that set of data? I think any business that is growth oriented, right? If if you're trying to drive across country, right, and you're doing that in, you know, a Toyota that has a flat tire and you know half a tank of gas, that's only going to get you so far, mm -hmm. right? So when you're trying to get to your final destination, you need to have the right engine. So being able to consolidate all the information that these companies are looking at, and then remap it and revisualize it in a way that a they learn more about their business and what they need to do with it but b allow them to plan for you know the future um by deploying predictive analytics um it's kind mm -hmm. of a, a double-edged sword in that aspect mm -hmm. and it sounds so cliche but i think it, the answer is true there's not a specific industry that should be looking at this stuff although mm -hmm. we do have certain facets of industries that we help out more than others it's really anyone that's looking to grow, anyone that's looking to increase their market share, that's looking to be aggressive in a competitive marketplace, anyone that's right. looking to you know, drop a new product listing or how they're going to change their new ad campaigns or change their brand look. Anyone that wants to make a considerable move and they have a, a dream and an idea for how they want to better their business, but they just don't know where to start, I think that's where you start to invest in increased data understanding. help bring this home and you'll tell me if I'm if I'm reading this right okay so a company that wants to grow I often use the term scale so businesses are looking to scale yep. my thought would be if you're looking to scale and you want to grow significantly beyond like you know at the rate of inflation like you want to make big moves so you probably want to make big big moves a larger volume of moves and you probably need to be more agile to know when and how to make those larger volume of bigger moves because mm. you're like you like the old Adage says you got to spend money to make money. That means there's more risk involved because inevitably, if you're serious about growing, you're going to need to spend more money. Number one, mm -hmm. you're going to start competing with bigger boys and girls. Number two, so yeah. therefore, is that what behooves them to have the right information? Because it's, it's almost just like a due diligence to lower your risk. If you're going to swing for the fences and you want to hit home runs, you, you got to make sure you know what your pitches are and you've got to go do the homework to know, like, how exactly do I go? hit a home run and not strike out because now you're in riskier, bigger boy water territory. Am I, am I right so far on the need for data? If you have that mindset, 100%. you are. Yeah. 
So, I mean, there's, there's thousands of businesses that have been around for 50, 60, 70, 80 years, right? And they've been doing things their way. And sure, it's, it's, it's gotten them to, you know, a, a very high level of success. But with what everyone else is doing in the data and analytical space, unless you are taking advantage of, of AI and, and predictive modeling and, and things that go along with that, you're just, you're going to be left behind. Yeah. It's, we were already in that, that age. Um, so I think that it's, it just, it needs to be a priority and you need to understand where you've come from, what's gotten you to the point that you're at. And, you know, it's, it's not going to get you the next mile. There's going to be other strategies and other solutions that you need to implement mm -hmm. to, to really stand out in the end. Yeah, well, just backing up your decision making, just to follow that yeah. up, just backing up decision making, yeah. right? If you have these aspirations and you're going up against the big boys and girls, like you were saying, you better come correct. Right? Yep. And that's, I think that's the one way to solidify what, you know, either you were thinking or what maybe you might not have been thinking, but you went into it. Oh, and here's the thing is, you know, uh, as you start to play around with bigger numbers of dollars with more zeros behind it and campaigns or market launches or product diversification, trying to go toe to toe with the bigger boy in, in the market that you're trying to invade, you know, it becomes less and less fun to say, well, my gut tells me this, especially when, <laughs> you know, as you get bigger, you're going to have decision teams. It's not just one autonomous person calling all the shots as you become a bigger organization. Now, you yeah. even if you are the head of the team, you're still gonna have a bunch of egg on your face when you wipe out big time with yep. you know blundered uh, market entries or or product launches, which is why so much of this is important. Now, I wanted to ask you could, if maybe y'all could address what I would guess still might be a common notion is like you know um, I used to work in the technology space, so we would talk with companies, small businesses about cloud technologies, and you know for for a good stretch. Cloud was like, okay, that's what the big businesses do. They're all high tech. Cloud's not for us. Well, then eventually cloud technologies worked their way all the way down to where most small businesses run everything out of the cloud. Almost nothing is local anymore. Um, there's still probably a good segment of people out there listening where they hear data insights and, uh, and business intelligence. Those all sound like code for big multi-million dollar companies, tens of millions of, of, of dollar companies. Maybe you could just talk to us from the, from the the companies y'all helped in the past. Um, is it exclusively mid-sized corporations? Is it eight-figure, nine-figure organizations? Or do you get a more diverse mix of organization sizes? I think you'd be surprised. I think that we, you know, bare cognition when we released the product, <clears throat> we were targeting smaller corporations, right? Smaller to mid-sized corporations. And as we continue just to have conversations with with prospects and clients, I think that we started to learn, oh, wow, there's actually really a need for this across mm -hmm. all sectors, across all revenue sizes, all industries. We work with even enterprise level firms now that ultimately, just like Mitch was saying earlier, have been doing a similar process for, for nearly a decade or so, and just throwing them a third person perspective on how they can really transform the way that they've been, they've been doing their reporting process. Had a big change in their day to day as well, on course, on top of like the mom and pop five person operations. Okay. I mean, yeah. that's probably a surprise for quite a bit of folks. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of that is attributed to the barrier of entry, right? That it takes mm -hmm. into getting into this analytical space. Like you own a small to mid-sized business, maybe you do around or a million or less a year. You look at 
you know, what people are doing with AI and you're like, ah, man, it's just, that's going to be too much. That's not going to mm -hmm. fit into my budget. I'm not going to mm -hmm. get in the weeds with all this. It's going to be, it's too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And that is, could not be more wrong. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, the, 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 or the, the, the company size or how many locations you have. What matters is you're a growth oriented person and you have data that you're, you're collecting organically and, it's just about finding the right partner that can supercharge everything that you guys are collecting and, and all the facets of the business and all your different social media channels, accounting, you know, everything that we've been talking about before. Um, right. So that's probably the biggest, the biggest hurdle is actually getting yeah. people to understand that this isn't like, you know, this isn't a huge, you know, overwhelming uh, setup or, or task. Like it, it, anyone, anyone can take advantage of, of, you know, business intelligence and and actionable data so no let me is so if it is approachable let, let's talk about the symptoms that someone a business leader might be experiencing which lets them know that there's actually value in using a dedicated tool rather than kind of going into the silos because let's just let's just say like it is there's some very high performing hardworking business leaders that are going into the silos they will go mm -hmm. into web analytics and then they'll go into accounting and then they'll go into their reviews and then they'll go into social media analytics and they're going into the silos yeah. uh, maybe to, to varying degrees spending different amounts of hours per week but right. what would the struggles be where you know someone says well cool mitch and ian like i'm i'm going into the data and i'm going into the silos what struggles might they be experiencing to let them know that their data reporting system is just lacking right now? I mean, there's there are several. Um, it's it's less about the fact that the data is lacking, and it's more about getting them to realize that the data is lacking. You know, you can go and and look at your your QuickBooks online, all your line items, and you know, you can go into Facebook and Meta and check all your followers and all your KPIs, but it's at the end of the day, it's all very surface level static information. You know, mm -hmm. historical data plays largely into that. Um, it's a matter of being able to access the full body of of your your company data. And a lot of these times, you know, you have all these different companies that offer reporting and analytical tools, but that's not why they exist in the first place. So when it comes to in-depth reporting, getting higher visibility, they fall short, right? So it's it's just a matter of getting people to realize that and, and showing them that there's way more to the story than what your current, you know, tech stack is telling you. And so that's, that's what we find every day. Yeah, and I think that that ties so well into how we really help our clients. And I'm sure, you know, Philip, you could say a similar thing mm -hmm. with, um, with Soul, right, is that most of our clients come to us with a solid idea unless they like or don't really have a lot of information behind data analytics most of them are coming to us with a really solid idea of where they want their business to go over the next two three four five years but what's lacking i think what's lacking is they're lacking the necessary information that's going to help them back up their decision making for that next step in plan x to drop a new product or plan y for a new marketing campaign or so on and so forth i think that's the common a common symptom that I see is that we have a lot of idea guys, right? Or like, yeah. man, I want to do this with my company. I want to do X, Y, and Z. And what you really need is a someone to take the reporting and the number crunching off of your plate, so you have more mm -hmm. time just to digest that information. Yeah, it's something that's going to back up that decision making as well. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's like I said, data, like the data will, data doesn't speak for itself. So someone has to interpret the data, but then data doesn't also then put itself into action and make you money. So then that's right. the whole thing is how can you specialize those roles to where both things can happen, happen better and more frequently. But it was interesting what you said, Mitch, about, um, I thought it was being like a simple conversation, like, "Hey, you know, we can get you, we can get you a look at the data in a much more efficient manner." Which that is one of the values of having a dedicated BI solution. Yeah. But you said the other aspect is when you have a dedicated BI tool, it's not just about speed; it's also about the breadth and the depth of seeing the picture of your of what your business story is telling you. Yes. Because you can add in the historical, but then you can now start to get the predictive. You can look at one channel on a deeper level, but then you can look at a, uh, on a relationship between one channel and then another channel and then all of a sudden now you have a symphony of information that could start to draw out a story to help you make smarter right. decisions if you're the kind of business that wants to grow yes and once you've decided that you know you want to start getting more visibility and then and, and taking your data and you know get you know actionable insights out of it realizing it is one thing and but implementing a solution is a completely other animal mm -hmm. right so we meet with companies all the time that have you know a, a data department quote unquote mm -hmm. right where mm -hmm. it's like one or two people they're they're generating all the analytics they're doing all the reporting all that and when you're working with a growth or you know a scale oriented company sure you know like those that that data department might be able to service the, the current client pool that you guys have but if you're growth oriented that client pool should change it should double triple quadruple mm -hmm. quickly mm -hmm. so it's really only a matter of time before you have to look into hiring an additional analyst or an, an engineer or, or right and so mm -hmm. the true utility of bare cognition is is being able to lean on an entire team of data professionals um mm -hmm. and just instead of having to hire a single individual, pay them a full salary, train them, mm -hmm. super time consuming, it's costly. Mm -hmm. And where we stand, it's just not, it's not the most lucrative way to go about it. Yeah. Well, so now I'm gonna get ready to ask these guys about getting insights from the data, how to wield the tools if you have the right tools. We're gonna go down that road and as we finish up the conversation, but first let's take a quick uh, message from today's episode sponsor, Soul Insights. This episode is sponsored by Soul Insights. Is your business looking to hit the next level of growth? For many businesses, they know they need to spend more on marketing, but don't want to simply shoot in the dark. They want a smart, data-driven path to solid growth. If this is you, then Soul Insights can help you identify, attract, and retain ideal customers. Soul Insights is a strategic marketing agency which helps small and mid-sized businesses understand their best customers, who they are, their shopping behaviors, and acquire new best customers based on that data. Oh and it's all measured and tracked to ensure you get more profit bang for your marketing buck. Head to soulinsights.com right now and take the 90 second quiz to find your path to the next level. So I feel like we've covered a lot of ground when it comes to just like, why do we want to go a level deeper? Why do we want to have dedicated uh, cross-platform tools? Why would we want to have a team of analysts rather than Maybe like if I come to this realization, I have to do it on my, all my own, or I want to hire a full-time W-2 person to do this all the Ooh. time. Now let's talk about, you know, if you got a, a company that's growing, they're maturing, they're in a competitive market, 
what's the secret sauce to getting the right data fast? Because I know that's why a lot of my clients tend to want to invest in these tools is they want they don't want to have to comb through the tea leaves for hours a week. They want they like boom, boom, boom. Let's go make this decision. Let's stop you know this campaign. Let's start this campaign. That's what they're looking for. What is what is some of the secret sauce to being able to get good data that quickly? You know, Philip, I think it'd be really easy to get overly techy with this answer. So we'll try okay. to go into like the Big Mac sauce without getting too techy. But I okay. mean, I okay. think really like our sauce for getting the right data quickly is a team in the tech stack that goes behind the uh, the data engineers, the developers, so on and so forth. You know, we partner with a data connection firm that ensures that we're getting connected to the original source of data, no third-party source of data. Hmm. Along with our underlying tech stack that really just ensures that all the information that's coming over to us from that original source is coming over to us in a format that solidifies an, a unified truth that then our analyst team can work with and then it makes sense for the user, right? I think it's easy to get caught up in, wow, if I just want to get good analytics quickly, I could just learn like a, a visualization tool and get all my insights that way. Mm -hmm. But there really is so much more tender, loving care that goes into maintaining our data connections and making sure that everything is sound on the back end so that it's it's clear and precise on the front end for the user. Okay, okay. Makes sense. Did I get too uh, techy? No, I don't think so. I think that it's like you said, it, it's it's like it's an ongoing process of when you you want everything in the right place, but also then you want it takes ongoing TLC to keep things exactly in in the right state. So anytime you go take a snapshot is what you're doing when you go into a, a reporting tool or a BI tool, you're going and you're getting a snapshot. Any snapshot can be reliable because it's getting the amount of data correctly organized, and so then you can go in 15 minutes and do a quick scan and get a mountain of data but then you also have the ability if you wanted to spend two hours because it's always being managed to where you have kind of that library to go to for yeah. when you need the right information is that my tracking about, yeah it's about the upkeep you know like it's you have all these other analytical solutions providers out there and they all operate on a very diy transactional model mm -hmm. right Here's your login and your password. You've paid for the year. Go in there, set up all your connections, build all the reports out yourselves. It's it, there's just so much upkeep with a mm -hmm. lot of that stuff, and so you know we just try and come in and 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 make that smooth. And it, we operate on a very much a, a process oriented approach rather than a mm -hmm. transactional one. Yeah, there's so much data coming out of all these platforms. It's it's asinine to think that it's just going to be done perfectly immediately yep. done there's there's always going to be give and take and i think you well, know actually I, I said it it actually made me think of a couple of different things is uh sorry i didn't mean to cut you off mitch uh i what well, i was thinking no, about no, the, no, the, i said that about a library and i think that that's part of what businesses will get to the point to is what's the value of a library in a librarian right you've got all of this these different sources you got your nonfiction, you've got your fiction you've got your you know your encyclopedias and you've got the kids section you want to be able to say hey i want to know this kind of information and then if you go to a librarian who's constantly keeping all the books in the right shelves and the right sections then he or she can go like okay you need this book 
And that's where you kind of let everybody specialize in their thing is because if you're a CEO or if you're a VP of business development and you're working with multiple sales channels, multiple markets, you're starting to work with bigger and bigger advertising and sales budgets, you don't, I mean, you can technically do DIY, but it's a job in and of itself once you get to a certain point in maturity, because once again, you're working with that many more systems, which will be siloed yep. if you don't have the right tools. But then there's yep. that human touch. Like you said, it's not just a widget or or a plug-in, plug-out kind of API. It's about having a team who functions as the librarian to make sure that your library of data is always organized and you don't have to comb through the entire library every time you need to find an answer. You just go to your team and say, hey, I need to know this answer. And because you build that relationship over time, that's that process that, that can then provide quicker insights from the data library. Am I, I, I well think that's maybe one the way quicker, I would think about it. Yeah, quicker and personalized. Like even our yeah. approach to our to our to our clients and our library is really just a it's a client input driven product model. Yep. So you know, in layman terms, it's really all about you know client asks and we deliver. Hmm. I think that that's a different approach than a lot of other analytics companies are going to take in the market, where they're going to have a preset template that all yep. these people's data goes into. There's people out there that are a little nervous that you know I don't I don't want to be unheard and I want my opinions to to matter with the reporting that I'm paying for. Hmm. That's why we're here, right? We like we take the input of our clients very seriously, and then we take that back to our analytics and development team to make to make that report possible for the clients. Right. It's it's not just one cookie cutter approach to every client. Right. It's like managing salespeople. You know, you're not going to manage every salesperson the same exact way, right? Yeah. There's no blanket system that you're going to implement. You need to look at people individually, know what their strengths are, know what their weaknesses are and you know kind of get those to come out accordingly person to person it's it's the same exact thing with our clients okay. you know each one is going to have different priorities um and, and different ways of getting there and so it's a very very tailored approach that we take well let's bring it to the pitch meeting let's take it to the boardroom right now okay i'm gonna put y'all on the spot it's time to put yeah. you uh was it this is the shark tank moment guys yeah. all right so you, you, you're sitting before the CEO and not the VP of marketing. That would be too easy. Not the VP of sales. You're sitting with the CFO. The CEO and the CFO are talking to Mitch and Ian. And they're like, all right, what's the what's the business case for me? The, these guys, they, they have the data, but they don't have a BI tool that works the way you're talking about. Maybe you could provide maybe like a use case or a testimonial on like, what, what you know? What's the bottom line here, guys? Talk to that CFO or that CEO. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple different um, good use cases that we can address here. Um, one that comes to mind that we've you know found on several different occasions would be you know giving visibility on higher level, more sophisticated KPIs. For example, let's just say like customer acquisition cost. Mm -hmm. So let's say, you know, you're an agency and you're running ads on Amazon, Google ads, meta, you know, all that. Mm -hmm. Unless you have a way to aggregate that data um, mm -hmm. in, in a way that's meaningful and informative, again, this, it comes back to the siloed stuff. So with this use case in particular, we, we had someone that, you know, was running ads on Amazon, Google, Meta, all this different stuff. He had no way to aggregate the data to tell him what his average CAC is, customer acquisition mm -hmm. cost. So after mm -hmm. doing that, 
we were able to tell him, you know, across Amazon, all your AdWords, all your metadata, your average customer acquisition cost is $100. Mm-hmm. Giving him that insight, he has now been able to optimize his ad budget. And he now spends $100,000 a month on Google ads just because he knows where to target the money. Mm-hmm. Unless you have an entire team that can bring this kind of information to light, mm-hmm. you're just treading water. I think even when you, yeah, great use case. And even just to segue off that, even when you have a team to to do this reporting and analytics for you, right? Mm-hmm. We, there's a, a similar use case where we work with a, another company that did have a team to build all their insights and all the reports they were sending off to their clients and for themselves internally. But the fault in that is that that person's day to day now, like in that 40 hour work week, they're probably spending 32 hours of that, of that 40 hour work week building out the report conglomerating mm-hmm. all the information into, into something that makes sense and they think is presentable to the mm-hmm. CEO and the CEOs that we're pitching to right now. Mm-hmm. I think when you bring in someone like, you know, so insights and bare cognition, it frees up that time to allow that working space to have a more creative process. Mm-hmm. They're no right. longer spending four fifths of their time, 80% of their time, voting the report and making it look sound for their boss so they can present it to them. But right. they're spending it creatively thinking for, okay, the information's now in front of me where should we go buy more ad space, right? What has yeah. been the most efficient move that we've made in the past six months? We can now, it frees up their, just their day-to-day a little bit better than them having to spend four pips of their working day mm-hmm. making and finiting and fine-tuning that report. I, yeah. I liken it to, once again, when I was back at the at the business-to-business technology world, is the last thing an IT uh, technician or, or, or uh, tech guy wants to do is do brick fix. So... You know what? A, what a tech guy wants to hear is he wants to put in solutions within his company, so his users and his people inside his company are down less, and he spends less time putting out fires, so they could do more innovation products, which is probably the bottom line value to an IT department in the first place. Is how can we be be more powerful and more effective and more agile and more efficient, as opposed to keep the house from burning down? Same thing, maybe like with a marketing or business development team. Are you there to make money moves or are you there to crunch the reports? So Correct. I guess it's like you said, if you have the right team behind you, Mr. CFO, Mr. CEO, Mrs. CEO, Mrs. CFO, your full-time hires could spend more time making money moves to the company, which is probably why you hired them in the first place, as opposed yep. to they need to, you know, go blind, you know, with the big, you know, multiple screens looking at Excel spreadsheets, you know, yep. day in, day out, 32 hours a week. It's drowning in a wall of numbers. It's like, it's a, it's a tale as old as time. Like how does technological innovation, you know, the big concern is man, it's just going to put people out of work. I don't think mm-hmm. that it, it doesn't put people out of work, but it frees up more time for just a creative thought process and more meaningful yeah, work, just the opposite. less plugging away, just the opposite. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. Let's just say they're buying into the good news that you guys are, are selling here. Um, 
it's still a lot of data and it's like it sounds like a relatively sophisticated tool although you say it's it's price approachable for your average business what is the onboarding process like for the average business is it is it very in-depth long painful is it you click click that was easy like how does the onboarding process work if they're like hey we want this tool we want these insights how do they get a, a bi tool like bear cognition set up you know i think that we it might sound a little intensive couldn't be farther from the truth philip we really spearhead the entire onboarding process to make it really as seamless as it like it's a pretty intimidating situation we try to make that that process as seamless as it possibly can be what it looks like is ultimately we hop on a call with you know mitch will be the data consultant the principal consultant he'll uncover some some pain points that exist and you know some recommendations that you guys should probably follow there's a 10-minute connection process and we have that you know we have our partners to thank for that process mm -hmm. Ultimately, once we get connected in that in that ten minute connector meeting, a week later we we crank these inside outs, and it's all internally. I don't think that people should be looking at Soul Insights Bear Cognition as man, I don't, like as another project they have to take on. It's yeah. at them outsourcing a project that they don't have to worry about anymore, and we're going to take on that workload for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'll say from direct experience, um, so you know, cast out of the bag is. I've onboarded clients with Bear Cognition because uh, Bear Cognition, and I've I've worked through a couple different uh, solutions. Like I don't know if y'all know much about Google Data Studio, but when I first started doing this for clients, like I was just building from scratch stuff in Google Data Studio. It was no fun, fun to learn that skill set, but not efficient in any way whatsoever, and not scalable. And so, um, you know, for those who are wondering, like, yeah, Soul Insights, I do a bunch of strategic things for my clients to help them grow and find their ideal clients. So it's all everything from digital targeting campaigns to market research to growth consulting, but I'm not a data scientist. I'm not, I don't, I don't write or implement software. Like I want to use that, but I want to use it to help my clients bridge the data and then creativity and then go go to market with cool stuff and do it confidently and aggressively. I need the right tools for that. So just speaking to the audiences, yeah, my when I onboarded my clients on the Bear Technology, um, Bear Cognition uh, platform, it is a pretty seamless process. It is a lot less involved than you would think, and it's really cool because once you're in it, now you have uh, a whole uh, world of of exploration that you can do on your own if you're like me, which that's what I do for my clients, or if you want to just know that it's being taken care of. Like I said, it it really is an intuitive tool. So yeah, I did want to brag on y'all for uh, for the <laughs> process and the, that y'all established, well. which is why I've I've jumped on the Bear Cognition platform, and now my sole performance solution is based off of Bear Cognition. Philip, you're making us blush. You could have been the use case that we went over only moments ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, one day, one day I'll be the spokesperson. I'll be your your paid endorser guy for, for oh, yeah. Bear Cognition. <laughs> but uh, for now, this is this is really fun. So hey, so. I think that my takeaways and um, from why you are still on the call is, you know, data is important. There's too much of it and it's too siloed to be able to truly go where you want to go. If you are a business who wants to grow without business intelligence, it sounds like it's for every size business. It's not just for the big businesses. Uh, big data is here and now for every size and you either choose to make a symphony or you let it stay in the silos you either choose to save yourself time and make money moves or you choose to spend hours and hours and hours trying to read through spreadsheets yourself so yep. if people want to get started they're like hey i, I want to go learn more information i want to go 
learn more about Mitch and Ian. I want to get on this. What, what's your recommendation? Mitch, you want to take it away? Look, I think you head to sellinsights.com. You head to Barry Cognition's LinkedIn page just to learn more. I think you get in contact and start a dialogue with either one of these parties. Yeah. And, you know, we'll happily let you know later if it's a, you know, if it's a bad fit and we'll go from there. Mitch, I mean, I don't know if you have anything to add work, to that. No, we work, we work hand in hand. Um, yeah. Like we have been talking about this entire time, Bear Cognition is about the accessibility. It's it's not about having to call an eight hundred number and be on hold to some call center in Thailand for you know thirty minutes. It's it's about being able to call, text, email any one of us, and we'll make time. Yep, that's that's what we and do. Then, because we have the people. Y'all didn't it. mention it. Y'all didn't mention it, but y'all are y'all are based in South Carolina. This is not some, you know, a company on the other side of the world. So these yep. guys are you know you know for a lot of the people listening, like they're not only stateside but they're also probably not too far from from your backwoods and you know that's another thing that was a net add value for me being a savannah georgia headquartered uh firm is being able to work with guys who are relatively local so you know that's been a big value add for me so yeah i would love to um it directly help anybody uh, learn more about this kind of technology because that's the reason that i made it part of my company portfolio is because i know that business intelligence is for every business it's not for the big businesses. It's just for business. So if you want to learn more, um, I feel like this is a good thought-provoking conversation to get people started down that road. Uh, Mitch and Ian, thank you all very much for joining Good Morning Market. I'm really looking forward to working with you all um, all the time on these cool projects. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, Mitchell. All right, take care, guys. Yep, well, have a good one. some insights from that fascinating uh, conversation. Y'all all know I was enjoying nerding out and I get to uh, play around with this kind of tech and, and see its power and, and, and what it does for businesses. So let's talk about a couple different things that I, I took away and I think we all should take away. Number one, data analytics is for now. It's for all businesses. It's not you know one day, it's two day, or at least it should be if you want to grow the smart, uh, powerful, scalable way. It brings insights. And those insights make you effective and efficient. Everybody should be doing some kind of data analytics. Now, granted, there's going to be a lot of different uh, expressions of data analytics within businesses of all different backgrounds. But frankly, we all have too much data and we all have too many digital tools really sitting on our fingertips for you not to be doing some sort of data analytics on a consistent basis. Moreover, as you grow, you're going to have more in data. And you're going to have more in money involved, meaning money means risk, Pe spending money on people, spending uh, money on partners and vendors, spending money on advertising, spending money on marketing, campaigns, exposure, branding. It's going to take more time as you grow and you actually want to you know, become a bigger business, dropping more money, accumulating more data. It's going to take more and more time to put on your analyst hat, which we know is really important. So then you – at 
over time are going to have to have those discussions. At what point in time does it make sense for me to do all of it versus do I need to hire someone or do I need to bring in an outsider? How can I automate? How can I use technology to my advantage? Not letting the technology do my thinking for me, but let technology help uh, expedite how I make decisions from data. Those solutions, those systems are out there, and there are right-sized solutions for businesses of nearly every size. Once again, if you have a, once you get a, a basic level of, of data breadth and depth, and you're 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 doing some serious attempts to grow your business, you're going to need some of those tools. Those tools are out there, and Bear Cognition is a prime example of that for small and mid-sized businesses. And they, I think that that Mitch and Ian did a great job of expounding that and showing in the test cases and the real life on how it makes a real difference. And one thing that they said, which echoed once again uh, a sentiment that I've been hearing from some of the the most the wealthiest people out there and some of the biggest names of business is, we're in a data economy. It's 2023. It's not oil. It's not gold. It's not you know land. It's data. Okay, data is the new oil. Where's your data? Uh, your customer database, your first-party data should be a hugely valuable IP. If you were to sell your business, your though that kind of data right there is a big part of the valuation of your organization is that IP. We're a data economy. You need to be harvesting it, organizing it, wielding it, and you need business intelligence. You need data analytics in order to properly uh, manifest that kind of result. So, Lots more we could go into, but we got to move on to next week. Uh, please connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Philip Scroggin. Would love to get your feedback on the podcast. Uh, you sharing the podcast, recommending the podcast, leaving a review for the podcast is like amazing. I can't thank you enough, and I appreciate every single referral, recommendation, nice, kind word about this program that keeps this thing growing. Uh, I also have a special offer for y'all. If um, you are hearing this conversation, you're like, you know what? I might need to evaluate what tools we are using. Using or not using, I might want to see what Soul Insights and Bear Cognition can do for me. Um, I'd love to show you. You DM me, reach out to me through LinkedIn, reach out to me through email, and I can arrange a time to show you how similar businesses like yourself at similar scale or industry, uh, without compromising any kind of uh, confidential stuff, we can, we can make it real easy for you to see how businesses like yours are able to streamline their uh, analyzing efforts in order to make smarter decisions faster, how they're able to streamline those decisions, and, and, and maybe even a no-risk start to getting you down the road of wielding data for the faster growth and more efficient growth, <clears throat> a more higher value relationships with a lower acquisition cost is what I often talk about. Let's get into next week. We have uh, Lisa Kanda from uh, LK Advisors. She is a another marketing guru, especially when it comes to LinkedIn. She's actually one of the leaders on how to wield that platform LinkedIn for business development, marketing, and branding. So I'm really excited to have a, a great insightful conversation with her about one of my favorite marketing and branding tools. And remember, as you'll go into this week, in order to lead your market, you must first hear and know your market. <laughs>